welcome to another episode of Dependasplaining, the podcast. I am Jen. Hi, Jen. I am Veronica, your podcast co-star. Chef. Veronica is the star of this podcast, please. I'm the star of every show. I make it a point to be the center mm-hmm. of attention. I make it a point <laughs> any way I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Welcome. It's more fun that way. We all know it. We all agree. Veronica is the star of the show. She brings the best, what, <laughs> quotes, new quotes, new stories, new Info, new, it's just, you I know, don't mean to. Set. I don't mean to be that. It just love flies it. out of my mouth I love constantly. It. <laughs> it's just, just word vomit. It escapes my mouth. I have no control over it. It's a dam. It's over flooded. Watch it spill over and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You never know what's going to happen next. And that's the best part. I don't know what's going to happen next. And it's my mouth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Well, Jen, here we are on another episode. How are you? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't just um, ask you that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I know, <right>? again. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you all don't hear is our like 15 to 30 minute conversation that we have with ourselves about catching up on life and what's happened to us in the last week and all that fun stuff. I mean, we kind of dive into a few things on in our episodes, but um, yeah, we usually end up talking for like, I don't even, yeah, 20, 30 minutes before. Today was, yeah, today was like 20 minutes of um, just updating each other and a little venting mm-hmm. and yeah, it's great. It's, it's good is, It's all I need. It's, it's what I tell Dave, like yeah. I'm having like a rough week and he has to hear about it every day when he gets home from work. But I'm like, on Thursdays yeah. or whichever day we're able to record to, I'm just, I'm like, oh, I just get to spill it all to Veronica and I can't wait because she'll understand and she'll know. <laughs> same. Same. That's how I feel too. That's why I was like, I'm not even invested in making new friends here. <laughs> it's like, I was like, what for? I already get my dose on Thursdays. I was like, Jen and I talk. It's fine. We'll be fine. Oh, I know. I yeah. love your attitude towards it. You're like, well, I guess I'll just <laughs> show up. Yeah. Or I'll make any more friends. All my friends have left, so I guess I'll yeah. just kind of make an effort. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Uh, everything has changed so much, and I'm just like, you know what? My my daily routine has changed so much mm-hmm. that if I would have kept going with my same routine, if COVID hadn't have happened, and I would have kept going, then it would have hit me more and I would have not that I don't miss you or you know or the other friends that have left but it's just it's a new routine for me and it's different from what I had so I'm okay with it and I'm okay with it and I'm like I don't care if I see people or not honestly I'm just fine I go drop off my children at school and come back eat my banana and here we are (laughs) and I work out (laughs) and that's it and that's it yeah so it's fine that's a good routine though I only have two months left here, people. Right. So, so I'm going to go start a whole new routine. Also, I don't care if I meet people. I'm not invested anymore. <laughs> no. And when you're leaving so soon, too, it's like you can't really – you you have so much other things to bother yeah. with, with moving and all that, too. So it's – Yeah. You know, you do what you yeah. can. 
You keep yourself busy in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. And this is totally different from what I always preach. I'm like, get out there, make friends. <laughs> don't don't get out there. Don't make friends. Who cares? Who cares? Who anymore? cares? Who cares? <laughs> that's what that's what twenty twenty is all about. Who cares anymore? Don't Who you don't cares? wanna wear pants? Don't wear regular pants. You don't wanna wear a bra? Don't wear a bra. You don't yeah. wanna color your hair anymore? Don't color your hair anymore. Do whatever you, you want. Don't wanna, yeah, you don't want to wear makeup? That's fine. I don't yeah. either. No. Yeah. I don't want to wear jeans. I put on jeans the other day and I it, it felt like I was putting on a bag full of thumbtacks. Yeah. Like, why do I why do I subject myself to these things? Like why? I don't like yeah. pants. Mm-mm. Don't like them. I'd rather wear my stretchy pants. Give me all yeah. the stretchy pants. Stretchy right. yoga flexi pants. Yeah. I can make them look nice. Can you dress them up them? with a shirt yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe like a necklace, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> a necklace, and that's all you need. That's it. To go to the ball, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get you some stretchy pants, uh, a nice shirt, and a necklace. You're ready. Yeah. Our friend Kai was uh, messaging me this morning or last night. I honestly cannot remember. Um, but either way, she sent me a picture of like a ball gown and she's like, oh, isn't this pretty for if we would have had a firefighter's ball? Cause every year we've had a firefighter's ball except for this year for obvious reasons. But I was like, there are no balls allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's no balls allowed anymore. So you can't even wear that to the commissary because it doesn't match your mask. So Mm-mm. If you have a matching champagne-colored glittery mask, then you should send it to Kai because her dress, that's the color it was. Oh, um, there yeah. we go. It was really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and this, I was texting my sister this morning, and we were talking about all of this and how, and it's the same thing that I was telling you last night, Jen, when we were talking this yesterday morning. Whatever time of the day it was <laughs> with you, what, I don't know. I don't know what time it is, okay? It's just a construct. It doesn't matter. But I was saying, you know, I feel really bad for the people that can't visit their families on Christmas. And like after everything that the entire world has been through, um, this holiday season is going to be so hard. It's already hard on people every year being away from their families. And this year is going to be just like, well, you know, fucking cherry on top. Why not? And it's like, we can't see our friends and family, but it's okay to sit at a restaurant with 15 other strangers breathing my air, you know, mm-hmm. and, and eating food that strangers have handled in a kitchen where God knows what's happening. And it, it makes no sense to me. No sense. Yeah. And we, yeah, I know. Let's all get on this crowded airplane and crowded subway, but... You can't send your children to school and you can't go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, you can't sit in a movie for two or three hours, but you can sit on an airplane crowded with people for three, four, five, six, seven hours at a time. Yeah. It's fine. You're fine. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Yes. It doesn't make sense. You know, I don't see like the, I don't see where you can give and take with some of this stuff. That's what just drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely nuts. There's no rhyme or reason behind any of it anymore. I feel like they're just picking so. and choosing. Um, you can't wear red because red attracts COVID. So nobody yeah. wear red anymore. Yeah. If you are seen wearing red, you will be ticketed. You will yeah. you will get COVID and you will get a fine. 
mm-hmm. and you have to quarantine. <laughs> it's one of those sort of things, one of those situations. <sighs> yeah. That's just how it feels. It just, that's how it feels. Yeah. They're just like picking something randomly. They're picking it out of a hat and they're just like, hey, oh, yeah, so yes. what's, what's the new rule this week? Let's see. Let's, who's picking this week? Oh, um, you can't go two feet outside your house anymore. You have to stay inside. Sorry. Yeah. Um, those are rules. You can step one foot outside of your door, but not two feet. Mm-mm. One. Yeah. Well, only one or you're yeah. going to get a ticket. We're watching. So all those lucky pirates that can hop on one foot (laughs) (laughs) yeah here comes peg leg john again because he can leave his house he's got one foot not two (laughs) i know we were talking about measurements but i thought that'd be kind of funny but still again see the things that fall out of your mouth thank you sorry no don't be sorry Ever. Dear listeners, if you want to put a stop to my mouth, you should email us. <laughs> Send me a plug. I'll plug you if you plug me. <laughs> you can do that by emailing us at dependesplaining at gmail.com. <laughs> at com. You can write plug it up in the subject line. <laughs> and you can leave us comments on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And uh, yeah, also listen to us on Milso Muster. Don't forget to do mm-hmm. that. Support a Dependa. Support many Dependas yes. through the Milso Muster app. You do. You're not just supporting uh, the owner of Milso Muster, you're supporting all the spouses that are part of it and all that entails. So, Milso Plus, $4.99 a month. Do it. Yes. Do it. Do it now. Let's go. Right now. Okay, Jen. That's enough <laughs> shenanigans for today. <laughs> At least for, for this portion. I'm really tired. So <laughs> <laughs> last last night I was like, okay, I, all day I spent and I was like, what story should I do today? I'm going to do some research. I came, I came across a couple and I really liked them and I was like, this one needs more time. It needs more dedication. And so I have one set aside, but it's still I um, I kept going back to it and then I came across another one and I was like okay, I like this one so it was all fucking day of going back and forth <laughs> with all these stories and then I realized I have children and I had to go pick them up from school and then those children received Legos from a coloring contest so I made dinner I helped the children get, build their Legos which was very fun it's very relaxing to build Legos by the way and then the computer was in the background. I could see it from the corner of my eye. I was like, I need to get on it. Like, and my son was like, no, build one more with me. And I was like, okay. And I was like, sorry, like, I got to do this. And by, by the time I got on the computer, it was like 730. And then it was all of a sudden it was nine o'clock. And I was like, my eyeballs are melting. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's not a long time, but I don't spend that much time on the computer, right? I do a little bit every, you know, through the week and I type it out or whatever. And I was like, my my brain is melting. And I asked Kyle, I said, how do you do this every day? How can you stare at a computer screen for so long? And he's like, he was just like, oh, it's just like I'm used to it. And I was like, you need one of the, you need glasses that like block out the blue lights. Because seriously, like my eyeballs are hurting so bad right now. Yes. Yeah. But I got it done. I'm so proud of you. I cannot wait to hear it. Guys, this is a total mystery to me. We don't reveal our stories to each other, but we reveal sometimes a little, little 
a little bit, but yeah. we didn't reveal anything yet, and no. I'm so excited. Like, I can't even I handle it. <laughs> so, I, I know sometimes we, like, text each other, we're like, hey, what are you covering today? I want to, like, maybe get some info on what you're doing and try to coordinate something with it, right? Right. Like, last week we did the the um, family readiness one that coordinated with your story, so... Today, we, like, don't know anything. I know. So, I don't even know. I'm excited. Anything. I didn't I didn't tell myself what I was doing. <laughs> Your brain just wrote it all down. You're ready to go. Yeah, I just, like, spit it all out, and there it was on the computer. Um, do you have anything else to say before I jump into this? Um, no, I'm ready to go. Lay it on me. Okay, Jen. Today, I have a story from a foreign land. Not so foreign to us. Because we lived in the UK, or you lived in the UK, and I'm here. However, it is foreign to some of our stateside listeners, or just people that are not familiar with this story. Today, I am covering the disappearance of Corey McKeague. Oh! Does it ring any bells? Yeah, the one with the that was the posters everywhere, right? That's right. That's right. So, I came across this story... Well, I should say I, I became familiar with the story when we first arrived in the UK because it had just happened a few months prior and there was posters of this young gentleman everywhere throughout the entire country. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting for some of um, our stateside listeners who are not familiar with this story to hear. Mm-hmm. This is, like I said, a foreign story because it is not United States Uh, Air Force or Army or Navy related. This is um, Royal Air Force related. So here in the UK. Okay. So I got most of my information from Wikipedia, The Sun, The Guardian, BBC, and The Daily Mirror. So a lot of local newspapers and articles here. Um, Okay, here we go. So Corey, I'm just going to call him Corey. Joined the RAF uh, regiment in 2013. He was supposed to, or he was he was posted and he trained at the number two squadron Royal Air Force Regiment, and he was based at RAF Huntington, which is just two hours north of London. He was a senior aircraftman, gunner, and medic on the squadron. He initially wanted to be a marine, and then he he trained as a hairdresser. And then he trained as a fitness instructor. <laughs> yeah. So he wanted to like dabble in everything until he decided to join uh, the Royal Air Force. So a little backstory here. Corey was born in Perth in Scotland in September of 1993 and was raised in Cupar Fife. The family moved to Dunfermline, Dunfermline Fife in Scotland. These uh, Scotland can love you all your weird names it's awesome i know so he moved there at the age of nine after his parents divorced Corey has um he grew up with his uh, mother or i'm sorry he was raised by his mother and grew up with his two brothers Derek and mccain uh so they attended primary school at and st columbia's high school in dunfermline so he was you know a scottish boy before he joined the raf um at huntington so, Corey is described to be the center of attention and an unforgettable person. He was always happy and friendly, cheerful, very outgoing, just all-around great guy. Um, so, on the night of September 23rd, 
2016, Corey McKeague was out on the town. He was meeting up with some friends for drinks. The plan the plan was to go like pub crawling. He was quite chatty with like all the patrons and seemed to make a lasting impression. Um, he had spent like an hour talking to his brother Derek prior to going into the bars. So I think he spoke to him till like about 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night. So he was on the phone with his friend. So he already got his um, night started really, really late. So, like I said, he was a very memorable person. People remember him that night because he was wearing a pink polo shirt and a, and a pair of white jeans, and he was wearing brown Timberland boots. So, I think an outgoing person in, attention grabbing, in an attention-grabbing color like pink will leave an impression on you, right? You don't forget someone at a bar like that. Oh, definitely. So, they went into a nightclub called Flex, Flex Nightclub which is located in the town of Bury St. Edmunds um, in Suffolk, England. It's just, again, two hours just northeast of London. Um, he was out just having drinks, as one does with friends, having a good time. Friends say he seemed like he was in a cheerful mood, friendly mood. However, as the night went on, it was evident that Corey had consumed way too much alcohol. And I read this article where it said his the, a friend of his had said that when they were walking into the club, the bouncer or the doorman was like, are you drunk? And he goes, yes, I love you. And he hugged the guy and just stumbled <laughs> his way in. So, Aww. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was evident that he had consumed way too much alcohol and he was indeed very drunkity drunk. So the doorman, again, at the nightclub, at Flex nightclub, notices how drunk Corey is and he decides to kick him out. He's probably like, hey, man, before this escalates to something a little crazy messy, um, you should go, dude. Like, you're, you know, you're calling done. attention to yourself. Yeah, You're kind of you done go. for the night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he wasn't, like, Corey wasn't causing any trouble at the nightclub. He was just, like, just, um, just drunk and they're like before it escalates and so they saw best for him to leave Corey was great about it he's like okay i'm gonna leave and he even like chatted with the doorman outside so he was no trouble at all like he wasn't like belligerent or anything he so he was just he's like okay i'm gonna leave so Corey then goes to this takeaway restaurant called mama mia's this apparently was his usual takeaway restaurant we all have that one restaurant, Jen, right? <laughs> Where is it mm -hmm. when, we're at, when we're on a drunken adventure? Mine was yep. Taco Bell. Mine, Mine was, was Bell. Uh, Jack in the Box. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I am yeah. trash because, or I eat trash because I am trash. <laughs> yes. Trash Panda. That's trash me. Trash Panda. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. well, I think it's worse. So he was at the restaurant around 1.15 to like 1.30. Um, this was all captured on CCTV, by the way. So this is how we know the timeline. And he was seen digging into his food of a burger, a kebab, and chips. Um, that sounds delicious. That was also my drunken food when we would go to Germany was kebab. Oh, God, you guys, kebab. Yeah. Anyways, so he was seen on CCTV with this. He even played um, rock, paper, scissors with a stranger. Like, he was seen playing <laughs> rock, paper, scissors with a stranger. Yeah. 
Um, he was then seen taking a nap in the doorway of Hughes, which is an electronics store. Apparently, this was something he did quite often. He just fell asleep in random places, which I know the feeling, especially mm-hmm. when you're drunk. You just want to lay down and sleep. Yes. When you are drunk and you are tired, you just need you just need to sleep. Just need yeah, to go to bed. Exactly. Yes. So he was in this doorway for almost two hours sleeping. And then around 3.08 a.m., Corey sends a picture to a friend from the previous night out. So sometime he woke up, sent a picture. And then at around 3.25 a.m., Corey turned uh, a, a right onto a area, into a loading bay area, and known as like the horseshoe, because I guess it's like horseshoe shape this area behind greg's which greg's here Ah, is a bakery greg's love your sausage rolls right oh my god the sausage rolls (sighs) yeah so yes greg's is very popular here but anyways he was behind there um the way this area is apparently it's impossible to leave by foot without being seen on cctv so once he they see him on the cctv walking back in that area they don't see him again he's Hmm. not seen on cctv again anywhere else so monday september 26th Corey does not show up for roll call at uh 11 30 a.m at raf huntington which roll call by the way they call parade which i thought was kind of cool so um show up for your parade yeah and that's what they do like uh like rows of stores instead instead of saying a row of stores down the street. They say a parade of stores. <laughs> Anyways, fun tidbit. I for like you guys. that. Yeah. Um. So he is reported missing right away. Usually, when they report, they report someone instead of reporting them missing. If somebody doesn't show up for a roll call, it's considered a wall until further notice, right? Right. But this was immediately taken as missing. This was partly because. Of the heightened security after an attempted abduction of a serviceman close to RAF Marham in uh, Norfolk in July. So back in July, someone had attempted to pick up another serviceman uh, serviceman, and kidnap him from oh. another base. Wow. So this was... The, yeah, so security was heightened, and they um and they were like we they were worried about Corey, and also because this disappearance was out of character for him. This was not something that he did. He was, you know, responsible. He was a responsible young yeah. man. So police informed the media of his disappearance on the twenty seventh, and they released the CC uh, TV footage in hopes of getting answers to his whereabouts. Uh, now, this goes all over social media. Posters of the missing Corey go up, go up all over the country, right? We saw it. We saw it everywhere. We saw uh, huge banners, posters. It was all over social media. It was yeah. everywhere in, in the hopes. It, we were The whole country was desperate to find this young man. Um, so moving forward to October 4th now, um, just a few days later, it is revealed that his mobile phone had been tracked moving 12 miles or 19 kilometers away to the area of Barton Mills. Um, This was just hours after he was last seen. Uh, So sightings start coming in. Police carry out searches that from, you know, from tips that people give. Um, They search like the forest near the base. 
and even they they even closed like part of the road to look for him roadside they thought that he might have like tried to walk back to um raf huntington and like may have been hit by a car so they had closed part of the road to look for him yeah he was like in a ditch or something right um there was some speculation of a possible kidnapping after again the attempted abduction of an airman from um raf marham in um norfolk county but this was not uh sustained by police so in december his parents Mary and Oliver McKeague offer a five-figure reward for information leading to his recovery. Also, a crowdfunding campaign to hire a private investigator to search for Corey, and it raises 20000 which is just over 27000 or just under, I'm sorry, just under $27,000. Uh, so within two days, and police release a CCTV footage of 10 people they want to speak to but everything comes up empty-handed nothing nothing there was there was some lady who claimed that her husband was a cab driver and that he supposedly picked him up and Corey became sick in the car and the cab driver pulled him out of the car and hit him over the head and then dumped him in the woods somewhere this was not true I think the wife was just, the taxi driver's wife was just trying to get him in trouble, perhaps. Oh, um, that's nice. <laughs> yes. Also, because there's a digital footprint, and we will get to that. Um, so the Find Corey Facebook page quickly gained more than 80,000 followers, and there has been a huge campaign on Twitter to locate him as well. So everyone's rallying together. We're all trying to do something. We're all trying to be part of this in a positive way to help Corey come home. Uh, People, like I said, they're spreading the word and trying to help as best as they can. The entire nation is worried about Corey. Corey's mom, uh, Mrs. Urquhart, was getting very annoyed with the police, saying that she was losing all hope that the police would find Corey. She just didn't think that they were using the proper resources available to them and that they just didn't care. So the police, however, claimed that they were doing everything they could to locate Corey. Um, it just wasn't going very well. So then after the CCTV footage is seen by police, they decide to track his phone. It goes around where he's going with the bar hopping, right? So, and then they follow him to, like, the Mamma Mia's thing. So, he's moving. And then uh, it stops at the Greg, behind Greg's, where he is last seen on the TV footage. So, he could have been picked up or kidnapped by a stranger in a vehicle. And that would have been plausible, a plausible explanation as to why, like, the cameras didn't pick him up again. Uh, but then there would have been evidence from the phone moving around. And police would have had to follow that lead, right? Right. But that was kind of a dead end as well. Mm. So in March 2018, Corey's dad considered that his son may have killed himself. So they feared that even though the mom was, didn't believe it. She's like, no, there's no way that could have happened. He would never, he would never do that. And the, the reason why his dad maybe had this crossed his father's mind was probably because Corey's girlfriend was pregnant 
and he thinks that maybe Corey knew that he was that she was pregnant and it had like a profound effect on him and he just wasn't ready for that and that that would have caused him to kill himself but the truth is neither Corey or his girlfriend knew that they were expecting a child prior to Corey's disappearance this all came to light after his disappearance disappearance uh, so okay. they didn't know. So that's, there's no way he would have done that because of that reason. No. Yes. So um, so nearly two years later, the case is passed over to cold case detectives where it sits on the theory that Corey had climbed into a Greg's bin and that the bin was picked up and taken to a landfill. So Corey, Corey's mom is not okay with this. She's like, no, she, she, it's just like, it's a horrible way, you know, it's a horrible way to go. And she just doesn't want to believe it. She doesn't want to believe that her son died in a dumpster. Like, yeah, just, yeah. So they're, they're just trying to find other ways. So in October, 2018, the Suffolk police revealed that they had analyzed the data from the bin, um, like from weighing it, they pick they pick pick up these bins and then they take them to get weighed so these i imagine it's kind of like a like a food scale where like you're measuring out flour or something and you zero the scale when the bowl is on there and then you add your contents yeah. i'm guessing that's how this works because the bin normally weighs between 44 pounds and 66 pounds on the regular on this particular night or morning of, I should say, the bin weighed nearly 220 pounds. So let me just remind everybody that Greg's is a bakery and these bins probably carry only like plastic and paper goods from the day prior, right, of, of all that since... I don't think it's like uh, like a fast food joint where they throw out probably heavier stuff. So the weight isn't expected to be that much. So when you have something that's a, that usually weighs between 66 and 44 pounds going to 220 pounds, that's a red flag. And I think they should have looked into it more. But I guess, you know, the bin workers were like, I'm just doing my job, whatever, let's go. Yeah. So when the police found out that the bin was weighing 220 pounds and they analyzed that and then they determined that Corey was most likely inside the bin and that he had been emptied somewhere in the landfill. They believe that Corey's remains uh, to, the, to be in the uh, Milton landfill. So police reports say that an estimated 2 million pounds were used in the investigation of his disappearance. They even had, I, I believe they even asked for like 800,000 pounds more in order to continue the research. And it was granted, but again, nothing turned up. So in November of 2020, it was announced that a full inquest would uh, be conducted in the death of Airman Corey McKeague after a request uh, to do so by the family. But it is believed that he did in fact climb into the bin, was crushed, and dumped or incinerated at the Milton landfill. And searches of the landfill have come up empty and no sign of Corey has been found yet. And the family is still hoping for different answers. Um, but this is what the p 
police have concluded out of everything. Um, so yeah, and that is the disappearance of Corey McKeague of RAF Huntington. Wow. Yeah. You remember all of this as it was unfolding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I remember, I just remember seeing the posters and hearing bits and, mm-hmm. and things about it um, just from people around. And so I never really knew what the whole story was. I know I have seen that CCTV footage, though, mm-hmm. of him walking around, you can see. And it's crazy. So, wow, to get to that conclusion of, oh, uh, I mean, yeah. like, I can understand if you're, like, that drunk. You just don't know what you're doing, and you're just willy-nilly all over the place, and then you just, mm-hmm. you know, you're not thinking yeah. clearly. You're not thinking, you know, properly, and you just do whatever comes to mind. You're like, oh, this looks like a nice place to sleep, and yes, and yeah. you just do it. And being that drunk that, you know, maybe he... Maybe by that time it would had hit him more of like mm-hmm. it's night night time and didn't mm-hmm. even like wake up to any of the sounds or I don't know. Yeah. Man. Apparently his dad said this was something he did. Like he climbed on top of these bins and slept on them. Now the the bins here, the dumpsters, I keep saying bins, it's just I'm so British. But, you know, the the dumpsters here are much smaller than the ones in the States. And some of them are plastic. Most of them are plastic. And so he probably climbed on top of it, which was easier to do because they're smaller, and to take a little cat nap. Now, in my my brain, I was thinking, on my way home from dropping off the kids today, I was thinking, I wonder if he was like fucking greg's let's see if there's anything good in the bin dumpster diving yeah dumpster diving (laughs) you know i wonder if that if i like crossed his mind and he just decided to crawl in there at the at the time that they were picking up the bin and he was just too drunk to make more commotion and then was injured when they tipped that bin into the into the truck so I mean, it could happen. Right. So my brother, my brother is a garbage man in the city of Phoenix. And this has happened to him before where like people hide out in the dumpsters and they end up in the truck. Yeah. He's told me about, about it. Um, they, they one time picked up the body of a biker. Like there was a biker they had. So I guess like somebody might have it was like a hit and run perhaps oh, and they put him in the dumpster. Yeah. And he ended up in the truck. So yeah, and I know homeless people will you know will crawl into these for a warmer night or yeah. just dumpsters. I mean, so that was one of the thoughts that crossed my mind. It's like if he went in there and Greg's is a very popular place for their for their um baked goods. Yes. I don't know. Oh yeah. It's horrible to I think love that but it oh, is it too. is really sad. I know. That's why it's it's a it's horrible to think and you never want somebody to go like that, especially no, someone that's so bubbly and and lovable as he was. It it is so tragic and horrible, but when you think about it too, I mean, it's not like something that could be super weird. It definitely could have happened mm-hmm. with everything. I mean, especially a night of drinking. Yeah, like you said, maybe he was hungry and he was hoping to f- score some food and he either like 
was too drunk to do anything or he found some maybe he found something or he just got tired and he passed out and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then he yeah and then it's just oh yeah it's so sad and the fact that they haven't been able to find any remains too is so hard because then you as a family you don't have any like real closure like you get this story that right. could possibly be true but you don't have the remains to actually like feel the closure if it's true or not mm-hmm. and holding out hope of course we always want to hold out hope but yeah 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 and yeah. they were i mean i think they were also in the hopes that he he had gone awol and that he just didn't want to be found but no one has seen him it's like there was no way for him to evade security cameras yeah in his state and even if you were sober as fuck there's no way you could evade the security cameras in in that city. No. And it's no. like, did he orchestrate this whole thing too? Like, did he orchestrate that he was, you know, going go AWOL and somebody picked him up in his car and then they left? But there have been no sightings of him. It's like, okay, well, what if somebody beat him up and then threw him in the dumpster? That's another idea too that I think would be pretty plausible. But I don't think there was any evidence of that. Um, being that there are person. so many security yeah exactly that there was anybody that went back there and right and dealt with him so i don't know i know i don't know it's well, it's like so you, unanswered you, yeah you said he was such a happy person like he wasn't even causing problems anywhere he went even though he yeah, got no. like kicked out of a place it was more just like hey we're trying to be helpful to you so you know you don't get sick probably so and he was in good spirits and a good mood so Mm -hmm. oh yeah he was just drawing a bit of attention to himself in the club right um, and they just didn't want him to eventually cause any trouble right um he was a regular so they knew him maybe they knew something that okay eventually like if he has one one more drink like it's gonna get bad yeah the thing is you know he was out by himself i know he drove himself into bury to go to the club go out drinking his intention was to leave his car overnight possibly that's another thing so that was his intention to leave his car overnight was he planning on staying with friends nearby right or did he have like a sober companion meeting him up you know a, a de- uh, designated driver or was he just planning to cab it home yeah so like where was it knows. that's the thing where was he planning to go why were you just like walking around obviously you got the food and that's fine you took a nap okay but then where were you planning to go if you're not right. you're not driving yeah. home obviously which is very smart thank god but yeah like yeah, where like where would you go? Where would you be staying? Obviously, if he was staying with people and he never showed up, those people would be worried, and they would probably would have been looking for him a lot sooner. Exactly, that's what I thought too. It's like why why weren't the friends with him? Why didn't they yeah. check up on him? But maybe right. it was something he did. Maybe he was like, oh, he's just being Corey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So many unanswered questions, and unfortunately, I don't think. We will ever get the answers to that because it, it all it all died with him. Yeah. And and it's awful to think that he's out there in a landfill somewhere. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that is 
the awful story mm-hmm. of Corey. Hopefully one day we, we will all get answered. His family, just for his, the sake of his family and his daughter who was born in June of um, 2017. Yeah. Oh, that sweet baby. Yep. Well, well, that was really good still. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. It's very interesting. I liked knowing the whole story, knowing knowing part of it and then being able to hear the whole thing so mm-hmm. yeah i didn't i didn't know it i just um i remember just from what i would hear on the media it's like he's mm-hmm. missing possibly kidnapped possibly ended up in the bin and right and and yeah like i said in november was when they were like yes this is what we think it is and i believe they have closed the case saying that's what happened yeah that's a bummer too yeah I'd like to at least, if I was the family, of course, they probably are trying to fight for it, too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But just to, like, find some remains. I know it's been years now. This happened in 2016? Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, four years. If he is in a landfill now and they still haven't been able to find it, for f- that's a lot of garbage on top of garbage. I know. I know. That's His hard. dad, I think, is satisfied with that answer with those answers he's like yeah this is probably mo- more than likely what happened his mom is not i just i think she's yeah. not accepting the, his fate like she's not accepting the fact that her son may be in a landfill and, and she wants yeah. more answers and like i said she was very critical of the police and how they just um they would like stop the search so they would like search the landfill and then they stopped this was like closer to his disappearance when they would have had uh, uh, more more possibilities of finding him and then they stopped and then they went on another lead and then they stopped so mm. yeah but I mean yeah. I mean I think they did what they could they followed his digital footprint and it led them to that yeah unless it was just his phone where That's is true. he and if it, if it was just his phone where is he then yeah why wouldn't he he would be on cctv somewhere there's cctv everywhere everywhere Everywhere. so (laughs) they're always watching (laughs) (laughs) they would find you eventually and so yeah yeah that's hard so there you go okay jen i'm ready for your for your thingy-majiggy my thingy-majiggies your thingy-majiggies military topic of the day yes (laughs) give it to me um so i was inspired by my husband's recent go ahead (laughs) my husband's recent (laughs) sponsorship no he i know he's gonna be a sponsor for a new family coming in for the unit wonderful so i was like well here we go let's talk about being a sponsor and all that it entails good time sally good time sally (laughs) it can be Okay, so a sponsor. What is a sponsor? I got all my info from knowledge from Dave and the the encyclopedia of Dave and then also <laughs> military one source. Yeah, the encyclopedia of Dave. <laughs> um, and then military one source and military.com. So a sponsor is just a member, a service member, who is assigned a incoming service member of that, typically of the same unit, 
and they're there to help you get acquainted and adjusted to your nudity station. So you'll be in contact before your PCS, during your PCS, and then after you get there as well. Right. And now this can be for just single members or this can be if you have a family as well. Everybody's got to know where you're going, right? Everybody. Because wherever you go, <laughs> there you there are. You are. Everybody, <laughs> everybody already knew before and then you everybody, got there that you were going to be there. <laughs> everybody knew before you even knew. So that's yes. why. That's They're how it ready. works. Yeah. <laughs> They're always watching you. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> oh, it is true. So, yep. Like I said, you'll typically be paired with a service member. Um, when you're the when you're being the sponsor, when you're the sponsor, you'll be paired with a the new incoming member, and if they have a family, um, that's similar to you. So they kind of pair people that are in similar in ranks, similar in family size, like um, pen pals. Yeah, like pen pals, but digitally, They're like the same. Dear pen pal, congratulations on getting your assignment. Here's what you should know. <laughs> Sergeant so-and-so is such a turd nugget. <laughs> Don't talk to him, okay? <laughs> this is the don'ts of being a sponsor. Do not follow Veronica. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I've been sponsoring wrong. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought that was the right way to do it the whole time. You're supposed to warn people, right? No, you're supposed yes. to be positive. You're supposed to be yes. a positive poly. We talked yes. about this, Veronica. Yes. Don't eat don't eat Sergeant So and So's casserole dish because we don't know where they make it. <laughs> and also there's like a pound of salt in it. You will be thirsty for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah also yeah, they fart will. in the office <laughs> but it's okay because you're wearing a mask so you won't smell it anyway no that shit penetrates your mask yeah <laughs> that shit penetrates dude sidebar yesterday we were going to the grocery store to pick up dinner and my son was the last one to get out of the car right so i closed the door and i was like oh um you forgot your mask or something i went right back in the car in the back seat where he sits oh my mouth was open and i walked right into that one i said dude did you fart he's like yeah right as i was getting out of the car i was like oh i ate it i ate it it was not tasty <laughs> gross. have kids they said mm-hmm. yes yeah i can't tell him or my my husband's farts apart anymore they're just as loud and just as potent and i'm sure they're just just as proud of each other too yeah they are they <laughs> each other on with farts sorry yes it'll penetrate your mask sorry go ahead <laughs> sponsoring 101 with jen here <laughs> Get some more sleep <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yes. Rest your dreary head on your pillow. But this is Close how we eyes. like you, Veronica. Forever. I'm so sorry. Do you ever wake up with a hand down your pants? No. Not um, your own, by the way. No. Yeah. I. Yeah. A, yeah. A couple times. And we're not in. Not waking up in the morning. In the middle of the fucking night when I'm already sleeping. Yeah. I don't like it. You're like, sorry. Why is your hand? on my bare butt right now like Mm -mm. i'm your emotional support butt cheek 
<laughs> it's singing him a lullaby to go back to sleep. Yeah. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want his butt singing me a lullaby. Mm-mm, I should. No. Penetrates <laughs> my mask. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jen. Okay. Sidebar. Yeah. Super We're calling sidebar. back around this roundabout of Oh my gosh, the roundabout. <laughs> the roundabout of what's going to come out of our mouths. Shut up now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just waiting to see. Did we exit? Are we exiting? We're exiting. <laughs> Keep your arms and legs stop. inside the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're at Disneyland for for the military right now. <laughs> we're all over the place. But that's why you guys listen to us. Because we're fun and entertaining. Along with, yes. with great information. So. Yeah, well, we find ourselves entertaining. To us. I mean, at least if you we don't do, find yeah. us entertaining, at least we laugh at each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters. Oh, it's just the therapy I need every week. Okay, it's just okay. Oh, release. All right, so be a sponsor. What can you do to be a good sponsor? Um, I don't know what you can do. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know. So. Take it from me, because I obviously know a lot. No, so, yes, you'll be, so you'll be paired with your new incoming service member. You'll, you'll be able to find out different things about them. If they got children, if they have pets, if they have, you know, any, like, anything, basically. Right. You'll work with them throughout their entire PCS process, helping them answer questions beforehand it, uh, during making sure they have everything all set, if there's anything they need beforehand, you can have it ready for when they arrive at the duty station. Um, right. Especially sometimes, right now with yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's necessary. There's so much more. Yeah, yeah, they really are. There's so much more that you can do now than you had, than was not needed before, especially... With an overseas PCS, I think is the biggest one. The best way you can, the best thing you can do is just be there for these people. Um, they have a lot. It's a lot of stress going on. I mean, everybody knows you've been through PCS. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, just leaving their previous station, moving to a new one, and yes. if it's overseas, they have no idea what's going on. If it's a completely different country. That's a whole yeah. nother ballpark. They really need your help on knowing, yeah. can they bring their car? What should they do if they can't bring their car? How do they fly their pets over? You right. know, yes. the currency. Do they need anything special? Making sure to remind them, hey, you need, you know, plug converters <laughs> or else you can't <laughs> use any of your shit. So Yeah. Transformers for the electricity. Yeah. There's a lot of good things. Yeah. And then you can inform them about base housing and let them know what that's all about if they don't want to do that let them know how to get in contact with people to find houses off base and renting and i mean literally everything it's yeah it's a lot of information and it's so overwhelming it's really nice to have someone that can help you like organize that information yeah in order or something it is and just to have that point of contact that if something comes up you can email them and just be like okay this question came to mind 
I need help, you know, and you know you have somebody who's there who is there to help you directly because they're not helping a million people come in and out of the base. They're just there Mm -hmm. working the job that the service member is going to be doing and also there just to help, you know, they're just focused on your PCSN too, not like, uh, you know, three or four families. So right, that is what's super helpful to do. So how to be a great sponsor you reach out to that family right away, you know, just send them a quick email right away when you first learn that they're, that you're sponsoring them, just to let them know, introduce yourself, let them know that you're there, you know, whatever questions they have, how they can reach you, and just, you know, be willing and open. Don't wait days in order to answer their questions either, because that's super frustrating. Okay, guys? That's really frustrating. We went through A lot of that. times it could be that they're either not at work or the time difference, but it shouldn't take more than like a day or two to be right. able to respond to the question. Exactly. It yeah. should not take you three, four, or even a week. Like if it's over a weekend, oh, that's God, understandable. No. You know, that, yes, that makes yes, sense. Yes. I don't expect something right away, but... If, you know, within a reasonable amount of time, and especially when it gets down to the wire of those people leaving and, you know, leaving and getting ready to start their PCS movement, be kind of ready for a lot of different questions. So, a lot of coordinating going on. Who's Mm -hmm. picking me up from the airport? Is that help? Are you helping me with that? Or stuff like that. lodging? Yes. Did you help? Were you able to get me lodging? Uh, what about my pet and, you know, different stuff. So just be ready. I, I have 15 pieces of luggage. Don't show up with your Pontiac, (laughs) Mm -mm. two door Pontiac. So I have to Mm -hmm. have a suitcase on my lap. Yeah. Nope. Definitely. Two hour ride. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Nope. Not, not a good thing. Um, another thing that you will need to do is complete a training now, I don't know if every base requires it. I just know here my husband was having to do a training thing. Um, I found a little bit information on it. It's I didn't know if maybe it was open to all people or if it's just... I think it might just be service members that need to do the training. Okay. Probably something nice for dependents if, you know, being a, the dependent of somebody who's being a sponsor... Right. But I don't know if it's open to us. I just know that it said something about having a um, cat card. Or like a, a key a key spouse, too, would be a good point of contact. for, Or, you know, someone who would benefit from that training. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Gotcha. For sure. That definitely would. So um, this training is called e-sponsorship application and training or the ESAT. It provides information and resources to help you become a sponsor and help other service members have a successful move, which is very nice. This mm-hmm. course is free and it's available 24-7 through Mill Life Learning. And then there's also maybe other trainings that your base requires as well. So just get in contact with your readiness centers, as we talked about before. They'll know all the information you need. Um, right. Whether you need the training or not, I think it's still something kind of good just to give you a little 
oversight on what to do. Yeah, because you can walk in there and they can provide you with like pamphlets and, and paperwork to send to the person that you are sponsoring. And it's always really nice on that side to receive that stuff. It's like information on the area and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so you're a little bit more informed before you get to your next yes. location. Definitely. Whether you're overseas or not, I mean, I think it's just nice having any information on a new place if you've mm-hmm. never been there before, um, for sure. So just, yeah, reach out to those people and send out information as you can. And if you don't know something, then either find the answer or find somebody who would be able to answer their questions to get them right. in contact. So that's like the best thing you t- can do. If So if you are the family, the new incoming service member or family, if you haven't been assigned a sponsor, if you're going to, you've got orders and you're going to a new base and you haven't heard that you have a sponsor, you haven't been assigned, nothing's come in, mm-hmm. you can get in contact with the mil- military and family support center at your new base. They will either okay. get you in contact with the sponsor in your unit or they'll assign you somebody that way you're all covered Mm -hmm. and as a newcomer to the new duty station you make sure make sure to share as much info as you're willing to share about yourself and if you have a family as well just Mm -hmm. the best that you see fit just so they can get a better understanding of you and know how to help you so they know if you have kids, the ages of kids, so they can help you with schools. Um, if you have pets, they know if you need to get a hotel with pets or how to ship your pets or requirements for the vet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anything like that. Housing type that you're willing to work with, whether you want to live on or off base. Pretty much anything that applies to you. Some said you can even get as personal as knowing, like, medical needs such as like if there's like a specialist that you need and hoping that maybe someone can help you find that or yeah different different stuff like that you can get any kind of help with and don't ever hesitate to ask questions don't no question is a stupid question it's only stupid if you don't ask it right that's right that's right it might sound stupid to your sponsor but it's information that you need. Exactly. And it should be answered. It should still be answered regardless of what the sponsor thinks. It's like, oh, why don't they know this already? Yeah. It's like, because well, I, I don't. don't. Okay. Because I've That's never been to that location. Asking. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So don't feel bad about sending questions. Now, don't get like super crazy and I, like like really specific. I don't know. I've encountered that, but I'm just saying if you get little too needy. Okay, well, to me, not. the one, the ones I see the questions being asked on like some of the Facebook pages, I see it's like, oh, I'm I'm coming from fucking I don't know Oklahoma, and I'm gonna be moving to Germany. Is there a Walmart or a Target there? Yeah, that's and, not necessary. And I just kind of. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of just blink at the screen, and I'm like, for real, like an easy, like a Google search would tell you that right away, and also you're moving to a different country, so most likely, no, they will not have these American companies in a foreign land, stuff like that. That's not necessary. That's not essential to your move. More like, 
um i need a chiropractor is there a chiropractor nearby that can take tricare that's a good question to ask right that is a good one yeah may feel like you it's a stupid question or i need a hairdresser is there a local hairdresser nearby stuff like that that's okay i think anyways i think so too i i mean i think it's good especially i mean for the spouse if you know to have the spouses connect and talk to each other too i usually just end up joining spouse the spouse's facebook pages and asking Mm -hmm. questions or even just searching those pages and finding my answers without having to ask too so it kind of all depends sponsors i think are best uh for i mean they're most helpful for the service member obviously because you're the one who they're the one who's you know they're assigned to the duty station they're the ones working in that unit or squadron and you know they really need to know the lay of the the Mm -hmm. land the most too and so they're the ones that need the information the most and i think that with the sponsors i think that really has helped out a lot of people getting right where they need to go especially right now it's with all the limitations and the regulations and the roaming and the quarantining and all this yeah yeah shit yes <laughs> i i think the the sponsor is is your first um introduction into the new area and mm-hmm. The impression that person leaves is what's going to start off your journey because if they're not providing you with the information that you require or they give you the wrong information, it could set you up for failure yes. on this journey to your new location yeah. and it makes it for a bad time. Yeah, I completely agree. Be that good first impression for these people because they're relying on you with everything to give them information and just be super helpful you know be as helpful as you possibly can manage because i know everyone's busy with work and your own families too Mm -hmm. so just being as helpful as you can manage i mean i don't mind i you know i never mind if dave has to go help somebody else and you know they need something or it's like hey there's a new family can you they're they're ramming can you go get them Ramen. I keep saying that. It sounds so good. Ramen. They need groceries. Can you go pick them up groceries? And it's like, yeah, of course, you know? Yeah. Be willing to help people. And it'll just make a better transition for them. It'll be so much nicer. Yes. It, it is important for the sponsor to make themselves available to the sponsorees. Is that what you would call them? Sure. The, new, the, inc- the newcomers. Um, it is important for them to make themselves available um, for some of these needs and for the newcomer, don't, I don't know, don't expect everything from them. Yeah. Expen- expect reasonable things from them, but don't yes. expect them to go out and, you know, do other things that shouldn't be their responsibility. Yeah. Yes, everything within reason, and that's all you can hope for. Right, right. Yep. So that's it. So be a good sponsor and be helpful. Help help the people. And if you're new, uh, ask your questions and mm-hmm. don't go too overboard. Yes. So when we were moving to Guam, which was our very first base, I remember we had a sponsor, a single young airman, 
because my husband was also a young airman at the time and he didn't give us shit he didn't provide us with any information mm-hmm. i was so scared first of all because we were in this is the first time that i had moved away from my family and as as well as for kyle and we were newlyweds we just we were in a completely even though guam is an american territory it was so foreign to us everything so we get there and we get into our hotel and then the next day we contact our sponsor and he says you guys have a rental car and we're like awesome where is it he's like oh it's in a pink building that's all the information he gave us jen <laughs> it's wow. in a pink building yeah. that's so specific and you have to, yeah and he's like and you have to pick it up before 12 o'clock because they close at 12 on like a saturday or something and oh, i was great. like dude it's like 10 o'clock right now how the hell are we gonna find this pink building that's all the information he gave us he didn't give us the name of the place he didn't give us a number to contact nothing so we're walking around this um area of the island that which let me remind let me tell everybody it was not it's not um friendly for walking because there's you know it's a major highway going through the island so we can't really walk on these roads but anyways, we were like hopping from hotel to hotel asking people, do you know of this place? And they're like, no, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, it's a pink building. And they're like, we need more information than that. And I was like, yeah, no shit. So do we. But <laughs> it, it took us a while and we made it in time to pick up our car. But we found it. Um, And he that's all. That's all he did for us. He didn't help with anything else. We had to figure it out on our own. Luckily, when we moved into our house, we made really good friends with um, some of the other families and they helped us out so much. But our sponsor didn't do shit for us. This was a long time ago, so it could have been that too. They just lacked the resources to train these people. But then when we moved to Belgium, our sponsor was on top of it. He was great. He provided us with so much information. I remember receiving a huge packet of just stuff information overload it was great and um i i would call the fire station because kyle was deployed and they were great they were very informative and then when we got there they helped us look for a house but then on his days off he wouldn't answer his phone he was like oh (laughs) i was like we kind of need help and he wouldn't pick up his phone and then uh in montana it was a little different um they didn't they didn't help us with lodging they didn't set up lodging for us so we had to drive around for like two hours looking for a place to stay and that was it that's all they helped and our sponsor here um they were great oh our sponsor here was great to the uk they had groceries waiting for us they were amazing yeah so no complaints from there just the one shitty one in guam yeah and i don't know if my husband has ever even been a sponsor i don't know and our sponsor for our next location, he's been very nice because my husband knows him from when we were stationed in Montana. And he's been pretty helpful as as well as the fire department itself there. And I think at this point, I'm just like, meh, I already kind of know what to expect on this mm-hmm. move. This is our fourth overseas move. I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I can figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. You know what you you know what you want to look for, and so you're kind of like, I can do this on my own now. Yes, I I know we will need help with like grocery shopping while we're in a yeah quarantine or whatever. So that's really all that we'll need. Other than that, I'll yeah, look, I keep myself entertained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's just 
it's it's a nice thing to have. I don't when we moved to Kansas, I don't remember if we I don't remember having a sponsor. No. I don't remember really having anyone help us with stuff. I don't like I don't. We my I'm pretty sure my husband set up lodging and then we got on the list for housing and got a house right away and then Mm-hmm. Like, we had, like, some of the people from Miss Squadron help us, like, through the holiday time because we came right at Halloween, and so we were getting into Thanksgiving and all that. So we had them to, you know, like, oh, come over to our house for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But um, I don't think we had a sponsor going to Kansas, hmm. which is fine. You know, it was Maybe moving Dave state did. to state. Maybe Dave did. We just didn't really get info to you. Maybe That's true. Maybe one of situations. It's true. That could be it, too. I just don't remember. Um, but then moving to the UK was good. We had a really great one. It was the guy who Dave was replacing in the unit. So they were super helpful with us and had groceries in the fridge at TLF mm-hmm. and um, helped take us around. They picked us up from the airport. They helped drive us around to look at houses. They had car seats available right there for the kids. So we didn't even have That's to bring awesome. those. Yeah, it was, they did a really good job. It was, they were just very helpful. Like anything we needed, they were right there. They took us, they spent all day with us. They picked our dog up from the boarding, took her to the other boarding place because we didn't get a pet room and then took us to check into our room, get a rental car. And so that was really good. Here, yeah, (laughs) here, um, I mean, it was okay. He got most of his questions answered, not really in a timely manner usually, but Mm -hmm. we got most of the questions beforehand answered and still a lot of stress uh, in between, you know, flying and everything, not knowing Mm -hmm. who was picking us up, if we're being picked up, how we were getting to a house, if we had a house just beforehand. And then, you know, last minute, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I got your keys. You got a house, all these things. And, you know, everything's all set up for you. And then finally saying, oh, yeah, we've we've got your temporary furniture and all that stuff ready for you. And so it's like that was a relief. It was stressful because it was down to the last minute, but Mm -hmm. it happened. That was such a nice thing for them to be able to do, get into our, our house that we have now and deliver the furniture and stuff. That was nice to come home to. They had groceries in our fridge, which was wonderful. You know, once a week we would message them because we were on quarantine for two weeks. And we would message them once a week just giving them a list of groceries. And they would go grocery shopping in the afternoon, bring them to our house. And then, oh, that was so nice. And we just, like, PayPal'd them the grocery money. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, it, it was it so much easier. Yeah, it was so helpful. It was really nice, and um, it was good. I mean, it was a little stressful in the beginning with the communication just not being so great. Mm-hmm. But, too, the time difference, too, I get it, too. So, yeah, you know, it all it all worked out. We're here, and we're yeah, getting yeah. used to things, so yeah. it works. Yeah, it's just... The whole, moving is just so stressful on its own and mm-hmm. everything that goes into into doing it into getting it running and you know from the moment you receive your your notification of your next duty station 
Um, and then your sponsor gets, you know, gets hold of you and provides you with the, all the information or doesn't. And that's very stressful in itself. Yeah. And then, you know, waiting on your orders to come in and then booking everything from your household good shipment to, you know, whether making decisions on like, if you're going to take a car or not, is it going to stay here? Am I going to drive to my next location? Am I going to fly? Mm-hmm. What's going on with the children and the school? Stuff like that, jobs, you know, job switching for the non-active duty spouse, all that sorts of stuff. Stuff, And if you have someone guiding you with a tidbit of information that could, you know, help you check a box on your list, that is just awesome. Like, yeah, especially, you know, someone who, who knows what they're doing. The training situation is great. Someone who's, you know, that they're offering training for this sort of sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's great that they um, someone who's willing to do it. Be like, yes, I would like to sponsor a family. That's how it should be. Instead of like assigning somebody be like, you are now sponsoring. It's like, well, I'm kind of busy. I can't do it right now. Like I can't provide this um, service member with all the information that they may need and that mm-hmm. they deserve. Yeah. So that could yeah. be another factor into it that they of should course. ask people first, are you willing to sponsor? Yeah. Yes. Volunteer. Yeah, ask for the volunteer yeah. first before just I know that sometimes they just really need some people, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. the volunteer part of it would be really good. Yeah. That's awesome, Jen. That's it. Great info. Great Thank you. Great info. Thank you for your story today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh it was very interesting reading all of it. Um it's very sad, very unfortunate what happened or what yeah. people think may have happened. Yeah. Either way, it's still very sad and his family misses him very much and there's a little girl growing up without her daddy. Mhm. Yeah, uh, so it breaks my heart. So great. Um I don't have anything else going on. I just, I have to clean my house today because tomorrow is my lazy day. Oh, Jen, I binged Selena last week. How was it? I haven't had time to watch it yet. So it was really good. I thought the the movie was really good just because of how they portrayed her and and everything. And this one is just kind of goes into a little bit of, everybody's story you know Mm -hmm. all the the siblings the band members it goes into them and it kind of ultimately selena was just i don't want to say boring but she was just kind of like a regular person you know nothing interesting other than her beautiful voice going on it was just but the whole story coming together is pretty interesting how they became but i was like the dad was very hardcore on them and i think they try to downplay that but i don't i don't yeah. know they made him seem even more hardcore in the series and in the movie oh wow so like, i was like it must have been rough growing up with that man yeah but i binged it like i i started on friday morning i got a good workout in and i was watching it as i was working out and then um i i i got like seven episodes in before i had to pick up the kids and then came home and made dinner and kyle came home and he's like oh my gosh you're on episode seven already and i was like i told you my fridays are for nothing i don't do anything on fridays 
and uh and then i finished it that night and i was like it was good it's there's gonna be a second part to it yeah so it was it was interesting the she's a great actress um god i forget her name but the girl who plays selena she did amazing she did really good um i think that she definitely gave like her the essence of selena from like what i remember seeing in interviews um i think the cast is great the cast is very talented so yeah it's great you guys should watch oh so much so much 90s nostalgia so Mm, much (laughs) i love that yeah I From love the that. clothes to the the music, everything was the cars, everything, the furniture, the decorations, everything was so cool to see. So that w- I appreciated that. I'll have to watch that for sure. That's definitely yeah. on my watch list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, other than that, I don't have anything else going on. Just um, just here. There you existing. are. There I am. <laughs> in I'm also in my closet. I took yes. a, a page from Jen's book and hid in my closet <laughs> because I was not satisfied with the sound of my voice in my recordings. And I was like, I, I think I'm echoing. Let me shove my head into this closet and see what happens. So yes. you guys tell us <laughs> if it sounds any better. Let us know because it's a learning process, dude. This remote recording is fucking hard and we're just trying to do what we can it is not easy let me tell you yeah i know i feel like it was better when we were face to face obviously because we were in the same room Mm -hmm. um so it's hard to gauge it from the other side of the world and i'm looking at your face right now but it's like you're not here i'm not here drinking coffee with me this morning and you're not here drinking wine with me i wish i had wine but i don't right now but you would be you would be. <laughs> would be, yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. I know. Poor us. Oh, living Poor across us. the world. I know. Suffering <laughs> here. Pretty soon we'll be relatively close to each other. And yeah. we can at least be on the same time zone. Right. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Here we are. There you are. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. Bye. But before you turn off this wonderful, awesome episode that I know that you're still listening to, totes. Do not forget that you can email us at dependentsplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, oh, yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Send us all of your questions, concerns, comments. Stories. If you have sponsoring questions, we're here for you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you have concerns about just life and military life, just get at us and we'll talk to you. We'll talk you through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're here for you. Yes, yes. And um, find us on the Milso Muster app. We're there, updated every week. Ow, that was my elbow. Um, <laughs> every week we're on there. You can find us, other podcasts and uh, military-related information, resources, everything you need. Milso Muster and subscribe four ninety nine for the Milso Muster Plus. Yes. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We love when we see Dependus Blaining uh, mentioned on another, uh, like a Facebook page when someone mentions us. I love that. Uh, keep sharing mm-hmm. with everybody. If this helps anybody, then 
we've done our job. <laughs> this helps yeah. one person, we've done our job. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you helped yeah. me today. I didn't know your story, so Thanks. there you go. <laughs> you, helped, you helped me today to be a better sponsor. Oh, Not welcome. me. I'll, t- I'll make Kyle listen to it, and he will be a better sponsor. There you go. And just a better person <laughs> for listening to Dependence Planning altogether. Yeah. He already is exactly. a better man for being married to one of the founders of Dependence Planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be like, look how lucky you are, you son of a bitch. Look who you get to sleep next to every night with your hand down my pants on my butt cheek. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is the butt cheek of a Dependence Planner. That is. It's true. Yeah. It has much, much knowledge that yeah. you're feeling right yeah. now. And that butt cheek is currently numb because I am sitting on the floor in the mm-hmm. closet. Mm-hmm. So it's time to get up and stretch, people. Everybody get up and stretch with me. Stretch your arms over your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to not have my knees up to my chest like I'm in labor. Yes, <laughs> I, I feel you. This um, This chair is very wooden and hard. Very road. wooden. It's very it's wooden. Very wooden. It's a very yeah. wooden chair. I put a pillow, <laughs> hoping it would be cushioned, but my butt just sinks right down, oh, and no. I feel the wood. I feel the wood. Mm-hmm. Protruding. Protruding wood through your mask. <laughs> <laughs> it penetrates. It penetrates. I'm telling you. Yeah. Keep oh. your mouth closed mm-hmm. among the farters. Even if you're wearing a mask, sometimes your mask will have little holes on the side of your cheek yes. and it goes in there and it's just bouncing around the smell from mask to mouth to nose. And it just, it's bad. It can't it's escape. Bad. It can't escape. It was like a lobster trap. It goes in, but there's no way out. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out. I'm sorry. <laughs> watch out for the stank. <laughs> Yeah, watch out for the stink. <laughs> okay, Jen. I'm going to need you to go to bed right now, and I'm going to go okay. clean my house. I got to scrub toilet. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm ready for bed. Time go for, for night-night. Yay. Yay. Okay. All right. All right, people. Seriously, remember, be clean. Wash your hands. Um, Close your mouth. <laughs> Don't let it penetrate. <laughs> because... Wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. With a fart in your mouth. And there is the steak. <laughs>